Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everybody. How are you all doing? I hope you're staying safe during a lockdown that we have here in New Zealand. And uh, yes, we're nearly at five o'clock, which would be uh, the time for some lockdown beers. Uh, and I'll be opening up my can at five o'clock. Yes, I've gone out and bought myself some uh, Lion Red special uh, because uh, that's been Boa's favourite tipple. And it's you know, the beer we've been talking about on our Facebook uh, messenger group. Um, for the last few days. So I'll be whacking that one up there. What is this? Well, look, five o'clock every day during a lockdown in New Zealand, what we'll do is we'll have a uh, lockdown beer and a chat. Um, I've put the link out there on Twitter. Um, so if you would like to uh, pop in and uh, put on the video and come and have a chat, then please do so. If you'd like to add stuff in the comments, then also, yeah, feel free to do that um, as well. It'll be interesting to see who does turn up to have a chat now. We're down to um, 55, no, 45 seconds, sorry, I think it is, and until which, until five o'clock when I can crack open my beer, um, I'll be having the old Red Lion. Um, what's, uh, what is your lockdown beer? Um, do, let's, uh, do let me know uh, what, um, what that is. Uh, you can put it in the chat or you can uh, obviously come on screen and have a chat with me. 20 seconds until we open that beer, you know, uh, Got to wait till five o'clock. Otherwise, you know what? These uh, lockdowns could get very, very silly. Ten seconds. Nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Yes. And there we go. That's cracking open the beer on five o'clock. Going for my traditional pour, which I know a lot of you don't like. Um, but some. Um, now, this, uh, the line red is proved to be having a lot smaller head than the Boundary Road Brewery. So um, anyway, we'll have that, put that there. Cheers, everybody. I say, hope you are staying safe. So what topics we want to talk about today? Well, I guess there's probably two to have a chat about. Um, the uh, legendary Marcy Banks put out a uh, post um, talking about uh, social media and online abuse for players. Um, and... Uh, also, we had um, uh, something else to talk about. We'll have with about the um, 
uh, about about the uh, obviously the old rugby championship, what's going on between New Zealand rugby um, and uh, rugby Australia. Uh, looking at the live chat, then um, Lloyd Rockwell, curious as to whether you've heard any info, Ari Auckland to Atara. Um, do they plan to rejoin the ABL? Um, well, <laughs> generally, uh, rugby is my thing, um, but I do happen to know about tu Auckland Tuatara as I was talking to someone uh, who is involved with Tuatara um, just the other day. So, yes, they will be back. And that is the plan to rejoin ABL once they can do so um, from New Zealand. So, yes, the Tuatara will be back in the ABL. Um, that is uh, definitely the part of the plan. So you will see them back. Um, I don't know if it'll be next year or the year after. It'll all come down to the old travel bubble. And uh, joining me for a lockdown beer, it's Boa. How are you doing, sir? No better. Working man's beer. Chatting to you, Paul. This is life. Lockdown 3.1. What could be better? I uh, hope everyone is well. I hope everyone is safe. Um, if you guys, uh, I don't know, I went and got a test, so uh, you know, better safe than sorry, because uh, we got to do our part. So yeah, just chilling out. Uh, had another hard day clearing up uh, stuff around the house, uh, but yeah, looking forward to this. Well, yes. Um, so uh, I never, I've never claimed to be the working man. I'll be brutally honest. But after all of your prompting, I went out shopping today. And <laughs> a case of uh, Lion Red beer. So, um, so yes. I have. Uh, I'm also on the lion red today. There's 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 a lion within us. We just have to unleash it, and you have <laughs> and you have to and you have to admit, it does taste really good. And it's something. It's very drinkable. You can get used to it. And I have to be very clear. Uh, lion have not paid me to endorse anything in any way or shape or form. I'm just uh, yeah. I've been drinking this for the last 21 years. Simply love it. Um, I do think you have to get used to it. Having just had my first taste, it is uh, yeah, it's um, yeah, it's okay. But uh, yeah, a bit of a, a little bit of a bite on the side of the tongue there that um, I'm not used to with my normal Boundary Road Brewery uh, Pilsner that I would normally drink. Um, by the way, if Lion Red would like to sponsor Lockdown Beers at five o'clock, more they're more than welcome um, to uh, to get in touch. Um, <laughs> and um, so, um, as I say, yeah, you've got a, a true fan in Boa, and yeah, it's drinkable, um, but it's nothing to write home about. Very, that, so, yeah, yeah it's so, a, that, that kick is probably all that the West Auckland minerals they use to brew the whole thing, you know. <laughs> oh dear, um, yes, yeah, so after, after you clean out the waterways, um, the um, that's right. So you've been cleaning up stuff around the house. Me, well, uh, yeah, I've been on Twitter and on and uh, on uh, on our Facebook Messenger discussing New Zealand rugby and Australian rugby and New Zealand Rugby Players Association today. Yeah, <laughs> that's been fun. I, I, I saw that it's been a very um, very interesting sort of conversation. Very vocal, highly opinionated, and I just kept right over it because one, I was I was I was covered head to toe in mud. Uh, walking through the mangroves and getting rid of all the silt, uh, but now entertaining stuff, and I think we should uh, we should give the public who are listening in a, 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 a taste of it, quite literally. Yeah, we will do um, on, on that one. Uh, the other um, and uh, so my yeah my day basically is uh, yeah so it's been that. I also took, went for a walk um, and uh, got my beer as as as, uh, as I said, and walked past my doctors um, purely by uh, by accident. And noticed that they were doing uh, uh, COVID um, vaccinations at the doctors um, outside, 
uh, you're staying in your car and you get an injection, uh, but they weren't on the COVID uh, webpage. So when I went to book on the COVID webpage, I had to wait until September uh, 26th, I think it is, and also drive to Fongamatar, which um, is, is an hour away from, from where I live. Uh, but apparently, um, I can phone up to my doctors who, or was it half an hour away? Either way, it's a distance. Um, the uh, yeah, so be half so yeah, an hour round trip anyway. Um, uh, but uh, apparently, because the, the but my local doctor apparently is only doing people who are their patients at the moment, so I'll be able to get a vaccination next week. Um, my first vaccination rather than waiting till till um, September the twenty uh, sixth. Um, so folks, if you can't find one near you that's soon, try your local doctor. Maybe they're just doing their own patients. Obviously, you'll need to be registered there uh, to, to get that vaccination. Um, but so, uh, yeah, you might be able to get it done quicker that way. Um, that's my little uh, health announcement for the day um, for you all on that one. So, um, yes, let's kick off then. So uh, what we see, saw yesterday was that um, New Zealand Rugby came out and uh, made a media release uh, saying that uh, the All Blacks will not be travelling to Perth um, and that they'll be waiting to see where the Rugby Championship is held before they travel anywhere. Um, also, um, they uh, looked at raising, uh, they also mentioned that the Wallaroos versus the Blackferns games were cancelled um, as well. Um, I think there's one other thing they said, but I can't remember what it was now. Uh, oh, yes, that the, basically that they uh, officially announced that the South Africa, the Springbok All Black Games would not be held in New Zealand. Shock horror. What a surprise there. Um, I think we, we all knew that was going to come um, anyway. Um, but uh, and I, I think Boa, that we all expected that announcement to come at some point. I think we all realised that um, uh, that those were the um, that, that that was going to happen. Didn't we? Yeah, look, no question. I think uh, the the key factoid here is that you know, be it sport, business, whatever the industry you're in, uh, you know, you're dictated by the New Zealand government, and even that we're in level four lockdown. It's it's just not practical and at the moment. Everything can take, you know, it's it's a secondary sort of thing, and rugby can wait. This clearly we've got we got a bigger problem than rugby on our hands. So, uh, you know, what what is a bit confusing and what is a bit surprising is that uh, you know it was Andy Marinos coming out and saying, "Hey, look, mm -hmm. gee, thanks for the notice. We found out on the uh, on, on the media." Uh, and on our social media platforms that you guys aren't coming. So I'm not sure where exactly the breakdown was, but keep in mind, uh, there would have been a heck of a lot of pressure at headquarters in Wellington uh, with NZR. And, you know, the reality, Paul, is each to their own. Everyone has to look after their, their, uh, their own. And also, cancellation of a game won't be uh, done on a whim because obviously there's a lot of, you know, there's, there's a lot of financial incentives riding on it and at the moment NZR need every dollar they can get be it uh cut to tv rights merchandise whatever uh so yeah it's uh you know it's it's it was a bit of a messy clunky sort of episode where you know one of your key partners and Senza are coming and say hey look you didn't tell us you could have just give us a call and said hey you know maybe send a whatsapp message a, a message notification <laughs> whatever they, clearly that didn't happen uh, but not not surprised at all, um, and I think, frankly, it's the most sensible thing because if you look at New, the, the New Zealand government 
COVID response strategy is complete elimination. They would just want to completely flatten the curve or flatline the curve, so to speak. So uh, it, it, it was to be expected. Perhaps all this could have been handled a lot better, but at the same time, I, I can understand uh, why, you know, everyone is doing their own thing because they have to look after their number one, which is themselves. Yeah, look, I, I, from my point of view, I think the decision was unsurprising and probably what we were going to see. I mean, they, they apparently... Um, they had got positive vibes that they were likely to be given a seven-day soft um, uh, isolation uh, into Western Australia, but there was definitely no way they were going to get back into New Zealand before uh, basically they'd gone through to Europe, uh, etc. Now, with no certainty around no, whether well, the rest of the... Well, with no certainty around that, and with no certainty around the rest of the, where the rest of the rugby championship games were going to be, it doesn't surprise me that this was a decision that was made. For me, the, the, the thing is, the communication of it was a disaster. Uh, let's be let, let, let's be blunt here. Um, so the no the, question, uh, yeah. And, and of course, with as far as the government of Western Australia, I don't think they should be cutting corners and giving anyone soft quarantine whatsoever. It's got to be fourteen days for everyone because obviously safety first. You know they you know they they. That the government of Western Australia, their number one priority and responsibility is to their people, the constituents and citizens of Western Australia. So, just because the All Blacks or any other sporting team are going to rock up, that, that that is simply no excuse to give them a shorter quarantine period. It's got to be fourteen. It's got to be fourteen days for everybody. So, the it, it was an inevitable decision. And you know, the uh, if you if you check out most of the online forums, I think. The common consensus is that, you know, the All Blacks were actually doing the Wallabies a bit of a favour because it probably saves them another good old-fashioned hiding. I do not think that is a consensus whatsoever. That is your... <laughs> um, so that, that, no, that, that is not the consensus that we're seeing online, uh, particularly from Australia uh, on this one. Um, the, the consensus from, from Australia is that basically the, the, um, the All Blacks should turn up um, and, that they, and that they've ditched. Uh, they, they've uh, they've taken the goodwill of the Wallabies because Wallabies did do back-to-back -back games as requested um, and moved the third Bledisloe to be the second Bledisloe test uh, in New Zealand um, because it was supposed to be Eden Park, Perth, then Wellington um, and that uh, the, the Wallabies have accent, uh, have moved for, the, for New Zealand rugby but then New Zealand rugby refused to do the same um, back. Now, whether you, whether you think Western Australia um, uh, government or uh, administration should or should not allow a soft a soft quarantine period or not. Uh, it doesn't really matter. They, they, they were apparently going to uh, looking at some um, looking at, at allowing it. So, but the, the difference is apparently Mark Robinson and Annie Marinos were on the phone. They got off the phone and then within a short period of time after that, uh, New Zealand rugby announced all those things. And Andy Marinos says that, uh, Mark Robinson didn't tell him um, any of those things beforehand. Now, uh, what, what, what I'm, what I'm uh, uh, guessing has kind of happened is that they've agreed or, or, or New Zealand's sort of set the kind of things like that these things have to be in place before we'll say yes. Those things haven't been in place um, by a set time. And so the announcement's gone out. Um, and um, the, as a, yeah, um, and, and, and so that's, um, uh, and, and so that's and, and it's gone out, and, and, and New Zealand rugby has probably assumed that 
Australia rugby has realized that, look, if these things don't happen by the state, we'll do this. Um, and they've done it. Uh, but they, they could have, but they, they didn't actually let them know. Um, Aaron says in the live chat, um, Western government did not um, confirm anything about self-quarantine. No, I agree. And that's why I've been saying all along that there were indications that they were going to see, but there was no certainty around that. And there was no certainty around if or where the rugby championship future games will be. Now, there's three different places being talked about. Apparently, um, is uh, the the, uh, the East Coast uh, up in um, Brisbane area, uh, Europe, or South Africa. Now, I can't. Now, for me, South Africa is an, an absolute non-starter. Um, the way that uh, cases have been down there, Europe, I can see being uh, look, looks to me the most likely um, option um, for this. Um, around this one, so that's to me is uh, is, is is the most likely one. But to me, look, what we've seen over, what we've seen basically, we, um, we had Steve Chu, uh, who was the CEO, and during his tenure, essentially everything happened quietly, and you didn't hear anything until it was agreed, it was it was rubber stamped, everyone had signed off, everyone was happy with it, it went out, and we didn't see any, and we didn't have negative reactions from other unions um, around it and everything was 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 ticked off now you can have a positive or negative view of how Steve Chu did his job um, but one thing he did do was get all his ducks in a row before he ever announced anything with um, Mark Robinson what we've seen is <sighs> there's an element of trying to get ducks in a row um, in the fact that they won't discuss with us or they won't let people know publicly if they're trying to organize something so, for example, there's been criticisms around New Zealand rugby saying, OK, where are the what Black Ferns games are you trying to uh, trying to organize this year? And you will have absolute silence until they're announced and then they get announced. Now that they don't come out and say, oh, we're talking to such and such. We're trying to arrange this. Right. They don't they don't say that. Um, so, we've, so we've got the element of that of getting ducks in a row. And then we've got the element of these situations where they're blindsiding their partners. Um, so not only are they keeping us, the public, in the dark, but they're also keeping their partners in the dark. Um, and we've seen that around um, Super Rugby uh, expansion, where they, <laughs> when New Zealand Rugby reached out, not just to reach out to the Super Rugby franchises in Australia, trying to do a divide and conquer, basically, method against uh, Rugby Australia, which failed abysmally, as all the Super Rugby franchises in Australia said, "Now you go through you go through Rugby Australia, and we'll deal with you like that." Thank you very much. Then we've got the expansions for both the Fiji Drua and the Moana Pacifica, where again New Zealand Rugby ran the process and would and would give reports to Rugby Australia when they felt like it, and Rugby Australia felt like they were being kept in the dark, um, and yeah, it's just not the kind of thing you saw with Steve Chu. Uh, and I think Mark Robinson is perhaps a bit out of his depth um, at this level. Is is is, is what I'm feeling, um, uh, or is it? Yeah, Paul. Uh, look, in, uh, in, if, in if, if I can add, if I can add some to that, I mean, you know, I've, I I have a few things to do with NZR more from an internal perspective to do with coach development and coach education. Um, you know, I too have experienced what you're talking about to, uh, to to you know much lesser and varying degrees. 
I think it's just a cultural sort of shift in um, leadership and what what actually happens within the organization. And we're seeing this more uh, regularly. It's more prevalent, for a better choice of words. And you're right. When you know when Steve Chu was running things, it was a lot more uh, conventional uh, organization where they actually did all their discussions behind closed doors, made sure they had certainty, made sure they had uh, understanding and clarity of what needs to be communicated to whom, in what form or shape, and the right amount of information was given out. Uh, but at the same time, one thing I have to say is, in in the modern era, obviously, you know, we have a lot more advent of social media. We have a lot more people asking questions, a lot more chatter online. Um, and assumption is the mother of all mistakes, you know. Assume you make the ass of you and me. And I think that's what's actually causing most of this grief where uh, NZR probably are thinking, yeah, look, it's it's a given, right? Look, we've gone down to level four. Uh, everyone knows that this is not going to happen. So yeah, look, it's cool. I'll, I'll I'll put out a message on Twitter. I don't really need to put out a formal message. So there's obviously some kind of breakdown, but we're seeing we're seeing this very very regularly with some very critical decisions. So it's it's probably one of those cultural shifts, Paul, uh, where we're seeing uh, you know leadership and leadership groups within NZR. They want to keep things very close to their chest, and they probably want to try and control each and every outcome. And given that we're in a pandemic situation and we're dealing with a whole bunch of variables which change kind of like a graphic equalizer on a daily basis, it's it's very difficult. It's very difficult. So this is something NZR need to understand. And they have to, uh, more than anything else, understand that the game belongs to the rugby-loving public and they're more so accountable to them. Uh, and hopefully, you know, they don't make too many of these uh, miscommunications and have to put out a press release, which is, you know, six and a half paragraphs long, which no one reads anyway. Uh, and then have to explain themselves. It's just a case of, you know, hey, Andy, look, look, we've, we've gotten down to level four. Uh, it's 14 days quarantine. This is not going to work out, mate. Uh, we, let's see if we can do something else. And then Andy goes, yeah, look, understandable. Let's work on something. Why don't you send me an email? You know how it all works. Corporate level, CEO talk, blah, 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 et cetera. Uh, so just just some basics, really. And uh, on the other hand, on the other hand, the, the dyad supporters of NZR would be saying, "No, no, no, hang on. This is this is all about NZR. It's all about the All Blacks. It's all about us." Which I can understand as well. So again, which which side of the coin do you subscribe to? And I guess it's just kind of striking a balance. And uh, what NZR don't want doing is possibly looking like a villain or a bad guy who does all these cloak and dagger stuff and who just wants to blindside each and every one of their business partners uh, and just, just take, take, take. It's a bit of give and take, as we all know. Yeah, look, Aaron says, look, maybe um, they have no confidence in Rugby Australia considering the history. And we know they don't because we had members of the board getting quoted. Now, we didn't hear who this was uh, attributed to, but we have had but some we've seen in the media last year saying that, look, we don't know if Rugby Australia will exist next year. Um, I will they go bust and, and disappear? Um, now, the, the, you might think that they're going to disappear. You might not have trust in them, but you've got to. If you, you can't just go round uh, them, you're just going to create more resentment and more issues by doing that. Um, that uh, and you've got to try and build that working relationship because at the end of the day, now that super, now that South Africa are not part of Super Rugby, um, 
Um, that's perhaps a topic we can go into <laughs> maybe tomorrow, uh, looking at the time. Um, but um, uh, having, having seen the discussion on that. But now that South, South Africa basically are not part of Super Rugby, um, New Zealand Rugby has to need Rugby Australia. Rugby Australia needs New Zealand Rugby. They both need each other equally. Um, that's the most important partner in rugby, except for maybe the Rugby Players Association. Or perhaps we'll have a chat about that one. Um, in the um, uh, for New Zealand rugby uh, to have, and that is and that is an association and that is a relationship <laughs> that they need to grow with Rugby Australia because look, Super Rugby Trans Tasman, um, they're going to be part of uh, uh, the Bledisloe Cup and everything. They are the most important partner um, for for New Zealand rugby for the foreseeable future. Other important partners, obviously, are South Africa and Argentina because they're part of the Rugby Championship, but also Japan. Uh, and the USA. We might talk about the USA actually um, in particular because actually there's a good, there's an interesting piece of news that's come out in the USA um, recently. But um, if you think for one minute that New Zealand rugby uh, has made this decision totally alone, then you're wrong. The uh, end. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. RPA will have had a big piece and their fingerprints are all over this uh, this announcement that uh, New Zealand Rugby has made. Now, they are the people who, um, Rob Nicholl, obviously the, 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 the guy who leads them, but they're the people who look uh, after the interest of the professional players. Uh, and um, clearly, they're the ones that are saying to New, Zealand, the, 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 to New Zealand Rugby, look, our players do not want to be away from their families for three and a half months and not know that they'll actually be playing rugby, which is what but we don't we don't have to have them sat around for two months uh, waiting for the November internationals um, and, and not seeing their families. That's just not fair. And that's basically where the um, that's basically where this has uh, come from uh, and, and why New Zealand rugby have had to make this decision uh, in the past. They would have just said, players, off you go uh, and you just sit in a hotel room for two months. Um, because, hey, we're going to get money from the test match. But um, the New Zealand Rugby Players Association, as we've seen with the Silver Lake discussions, have a lot of power in New Zealand rugby and potentially are the second, if not the most powerful uh, organisation when it comes to rugby politics in New Zealand. Uh, and uh, uh, you, you, You're right, Paul. And if, if... But they've also deliberately stayed out of the media so they don't get any of the flack and the New Zealand rugby take all the flack. Sorry, go on, Yeah, it, it... If I can add to that, Paul, you're absolutely right. I mean, the Professional Players Association has a huge input into this. In fact, yesterday, if you looked at the sports news, Samuel Whitelock was on telly and he was saying, you know, 
is, is, is very thankful to all parties. And he was talking about obviously people who are negotiating on behalf of the players. And it's actually written into the contract. There are a number of clauses for uh, players' mental well-being, uh, players' uh, uh, downtime, where they have a, a what you call a work-life balance. I mean, some of these contracts are, you know, I kid you not, they're this thick. And uh, they have, you know, separate clauses, particularly to do with how how long they stay away from home, etc. And all this is very understandable. So I think what actually needs to be uh, done is all this needs to be put, put out in a very simplistic way, communicated to the public, because then it will be very um, streamlined with the current government strategy of New Zealand where they're trying to completely eliminate COVID. So this would mean, you know, coming back into New Zealand, doing two weeks of, uh, you know, managed isolation in quarantine, et cetera, so on and so forth. And and once all this information is clearly put out there in public, people will understand. People will understand what's actually happening is because bits and pieces are being fed out and people have, with different opinions are drawing different pictures. Uh, they sort of get this idea that, you know, hang on, NZR and, the players, you know, I mean, these guys feel like they're entitled. They feel almost uh, a touch of arrogance. And people start making all sorts of opinions. So if you look at the online forums, you can clearly see that coming from particularly the South African fans, particularly the South African fans, uh, the Wallabies fans, anyone who does not like the All Blacks. So, you know, that's understandable. All we have to do is put ourselves in their position. I mean, think about it. If we had to stay away from our fa families for up to three, three to four months, it's it's not an easy thing to do. And I don't think we have to be apologetic about that and just come out and say, look, guys, the reason we don't want to do this is X, Y, and Z. And then everyone will understand. And then it's just finding um, a compromise. The other thing I have to say is, doesn't matter where we play, given that we're un, uh, in this pandemic situation, I think given that we have protocols in this country which have worked with regards to the COVID strategy, we need to exercise that wherever we go. So if it means you know we're going to move move the uh, championship to a location where they have exponentially more you know coronavirus cases uh, than anywhere else, it it would make little to no sense. Financially, it's got to work. Uh, NZR, they you know they don't want to be they they really don't want cancelling these tests because obviously there's a big financial hit. Uh, so, you know, everyone just kind of needs to talk to each other. And if there's some critical information which needs to be put out in public domain, don't be afraid. Don't be shy. Don't try to be, you know, this whole CIA mentality saying, Nana, they don't need to know. Just put it out there and say, hey, look, the reason we can't do this is because these guys, they are humans too, just like you, the fee paying public. We don't want our players being away for up to four months uh, away from their families you know, to go and play four, maybe five games. It's simply not fair. Now, what I think they could do, though, is think a bit different. Now, we've had separate um, uh, squads before. So back in 47, uh, the All Blacks played two games on the same day, one in South Africa and one in uh, um, uh, and one in New Zealand, I think it was. Um, actually, I, I can tell you. I, I haven't I've gone to, got rid of the web page it was on. Um, but anyway, um, and then just uh, just a couple of years ago, the the squad that flew to play the European games um, basically left and uh, left a team behind to play Japan. So effectively, we had two squads then. So um, to me, what they could do is have some sort of rolling squad where players could choose to say, okay, I'll I'll do the first two months or the second two months 
um, or I'll do the full four months or full three months, three whatever, of the tour, uh, and have players roll in and roll out of the uh, of the squad, uh, and that way players who do have young families can go away for a set period and come back, um, and uh, players who are perhaps younger and decide that actually, you know what, I'm happy to be away for three and a half months, can go away for three and a half months, have that rolling squad. Now, some people that say might say, oh, you're cheapening the jersey, yada, yada. No, look, as I say, we've had all Blacks teams play, have two teams playing on the same day before. We've had a totally separate team for Japan. It's not cheapening the jersey, um, but it does allow um, Ian Foster to grow depth um, and to rotate players in and out. And Because, look, we've got three or four um, good halfbacks, for example. So, yeah, Aaron Smith could do the first sort of month and a half. TJ could do the second month and a half and uh, add in there uh, Finley Christie and uh, Brad Weber. And suddenly you've got you've got um, two lots of guys who could uh, who could share the tour between them and not have to go away for the full time. So I do think that some uh, some more flexible thinking and that kind of thing could have solved this problem as well. Um, yeah, look, all, all this ball is actually in place, so I'm not sure why uh, all this is not being actually put out in public and why it's not being actually streamlined so that they could get things in in motion. Um, this has been discussed, I mean, for the last last year or so, particularly with return to play protocols from a coach developer, from a coach educator point of view, this was uh, discussed at length, particularly for the senior to elite level where the professional players, you know, come in and out. So I think they've got things like this in place. There's probably a little missing link. We'll find out what that is in the very near future. Um, then we've also got the, um, uh, the, the so the, the, the USA thing I wanted to talk about um, briefly. So the USA currently is considered a Southern Hemisphere country, which means that it gets the Six Nations window, um, not the Rugby Championship window. Um, for international games. So that doesn't work for, for the USA because Major League Rugby effectively runs at the same period as Super Rugby. Um, and uh, not that long ago, the, the America's Rugby Championship used to be held in the Six Nations window, but it got moved to the Rugby Championship window just before it got cancelled. And we can go into that another day as to why. Um, but um, the so what they're talking about trying to set up is a Pacific Rim Championship in probably in the rugby championship window that would include Fiji, uh, Tonga, Samoa, Canada, and Japan. Um, and they're looking at the support from New Zealand and from um, and from Australia to help them get that through world rugby. Um, do you like the idea of, uh, of, of that, having a Pacific Rim championship? Well, look, it's, it's all very good, but I have uh, fundamentally an issue with USA rugby. It wasn't so long ago they went into liquidation. They've had uh, they had a string string of managerial problems. So unless all this is sorted out, I would be very very hesitant to even have have an open discussion with them because you know um, there's there's a risk involved. So that that for me that's that's a big question mark. But I think absolutely having a Pacific Rim Championship is will be will be fantastic. Uh, opening up that. U.S. market where uh, some of the Southern Hemisphere teams, particularly the All Blacks, could go in. And I know for a fact that they will sell out, uh, uh, you know, a few fixtures if they put it together properly. Uh, but we just have to look at what's, what's happened recently with uh, Rugby Australia, all the miscommunication. So, you know, is it is it is it really going to work if 
uh, NZR are going to work like that. And given the history USA Rugby have had, uh, they've had a string of managerial issues. And in fact, the whole liquidation thing, um, a number of opinions, people who are you know, closely involved with rugby in USA, uh, who have personally spoken to me, have said, you know, this whole uh, liquidating the uh, situation during COVID was the perfect camouflage for a number of managerial issues which have been brewing away for years on in. So unless they can actually show some credibility and they've got their house in order, frankly, I'd be very hesitant to formally engage Rugby USA uh, unless unless there's a private tech, private equity partner who can come on board and say, yeah, look, let's, let's have a discussion. Let's talk about it. And then the All Blacks in some form or shape maybe get a development side, or maybe get the no, 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 no. Well, no, the, the, well, no, the idea wouldn't be that I mean, New Zealand would be playing the rugby championship at the same time. So it's not that um, they'd be looking at New Zealand to be involved in the championship, but to be but to support them getting it through New Ze- through World Rugby is what they're looking. I, at. I, I get that. I I, yeah. I completely get that. But I think that's what NZR need to be doing. They need to get a representative team in there. Uh, maybe a cold side, maybe a development side, maybe a barbarian side, maybe a second. I don't know. Whatever it is. Because I think that's where the real value is. And then there would be some meaning in NZR getting involved in this. Otherwise, all this would be is just some lip service saying, yeah, look, that's fantastic. Awesome. Great. Uh, and, you know, nothing meaningful will happen. If there is some uh, financial benefit for NZR, because let's face it, that's what NZR uh, want to get out from any sort of relationship. This is the openly professional era. And every dollar in the current pandemic uh, world as we know it counts. So I think people just need oh. to be creative. They need to be open. Um, and well, and if, if I was into that, it's interesting that you use Maori All Blacks. Let's be honest. But for me, what they've got to do is look is, is look bigger picture. Having this would give regular games to the Pacific Island teams, Tonga, Samoa, and Fiji, which would help them uh, improve their level, and that would give New Zealand extra teams to play. Um, outside of that gate competition, so having that, and it also would grow Japan as well. Um, so I think it would it would be good for New Zealand even not having a team in there, because you'd be growing to play teams they could play, uh, and growing the game, making the pie bigger for everybody, which which means that your slice of the pie gets bigger as well. Um, and I th- so I think from that point of view, they would be uh, it, it would be a good thing for them to do. Um, yeah, there were a couple of people in our um, chat group who were like, look, thank you for an interest only. And if you think you're an interest only, you uh, then New Zealand then rugby is dead, because New, Ze- New Zealand rugby does not happen does not exist in a vacuum. Um, they need people to play, um, and if they don't have people to play who are competitive, then you're going to see uh, then basically people are going to get disinterested and they're going to disappear. That audience is going to disappear. So you need a competitive Wallabies. You need um, a Japan that's getting better. You need Pacific Island teams that don't get beaten by 100 points each time. Um, that, uh, that all those things will give New Zealand, actually will actually strengthen New Zealand's position in world rugby. Because uh, at the moment, they get outvoted by the Six Nations the whole time. So they need to build up other 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 opposition so they can turn around to the, to the Six Nations and go, we don't care about you anymore, goodbye, if they need to. And they shouldn't do that because there's a lot of, because that would be bad for rugby having... Uh, People at war in that way, but um, but I think they need to be more. They think they need to think more bigger picture. At the moment, it seems to be very a very mm. narrow view. 
in my very blinkered view, in my view, my opinion. That that is a very valid point. I think it's just you know building those better relationships. The the reason why I say there needs to potentially be a New Zealand representative side in the Pacific Cup is that it's just going to get better ratings, more eyeballs, more get revenue soon as. Because the, the, the reality is any sort of NZ representative side, as soon as they wear a black jersey, it's going to get the attention of the rugby public. So it's just figuring out where in the equilibrium, where they strike a balance. And uh, you're absolutely right, Paul. It's just getting those relationships streamlined. And, of course, with teams like particularly Tonga, who've always been at the you know sharp end of the stick, getting hiding after hiding, um, the only way they're going to get better is if they play better quality opposition. So I think that's, have, that's paramount. And, and have preparation time together, right? Part of the other thing is, if you look at some some of the problems that happened with the... Uh, so Samoa playing the, the Maori All Blacks uh, and then playing Tonga, um, and then Tonga playing the All Blacks um, and then playing... Uh, was those, those first teams up... Now, we have a friend of the show uh, or friend of the channel uh, called Dwayne Poliativo, um, who is the Samoan... Uh, international scrum half. Now, he played in that first test and then wasn't seen after that. Why? Well, because he was filling in for somebody who was stuck in managed isolation, right? He is effectively retired from professional rugby. He plays club rugby. He doesn't even play minor 10 cup anymore. He did last year, but not this year. Um, now, I've not had a chance to talk to him recently, but my guess is, yeah, is that basically he is retired as far as professional rugby goes. We had a 40-year-old turning out for Tonga in that... Um, game against the Cook Islands uh, the fight um, to, to get into the Rugby World Cup. Why? Because, or to get into the Rugby World Cup qualifier piece uh, next stage. Why? Um, again, because their other props can have to go home and play for their clubs again. Um, so uh, there, there's, there's, there's an element of being together and having access to players as well. It's not just about having more games. Um, but that is a big part of it. But having, at the moment, Tonga, uh, Samoa, Fiji have no regular games. They don't, they've, they've, there's no fixtures they can sell and go we will be playing X, Y, Z for the next five years in this window. This is why the America's Rugby Championship was so good for the USA, is they had a, they had they had regular games every year against some opponents that they could build up rivalries that they could market. Now, that fell apart, and we can talk about that tomorrow. Um, but that's the kind of thing that you've got with the Six Nations, that you've got with the Rugby Championship, that teams like Japan, um, Fiji, Samoa, Tonga, Canada, the USA, Uruguay, Namibia, all these teams don't have uh, that they can build up their fan base with. Um, but um, yeah, it's just turned into a more serious, more serious chat than I was expecting today. <laughs> to be honest, with you. this is supposed to be well, down talking about talking about marketing and rivalries. Maybe Japan uh, can be hosted by the USA Eagles in Hawaii, and vice versa. Uh, yep. You know, and, and yeah, absolutely right. You know, Tonga Samoa and Nukulofo or uh, in Apia. Wow, that would, that's going to be some feeling. So yeah, there's all that potential. Uh, it's just that I think the key the key partner here is World Rugby. They really need to flex their muscles, and they've got a bit of a kitty. And this is something I've I've always talked about um, with people at World Rugby, where club owners who are not willing to release players uh, for representative duty, particularly Samoa and Tonga, uh, can do so where they actually have some kind of deal with World Rugby, where World Rugby compensates those clubs in some form or shape through the competition they play uh, 
for releasing these players. Now, this is a bit of a radical uh, shift in, in, in thinking, but that's what it actually comes down to because the clubs don't want to release their players because they have their own obligations, which I perfectly understand. Uh, but at the same time, you know, national duty has to surely, surely override any sort of club commitment. So the flip side of that is to say, okay, players, look, you will get paid 50 grand a game or 100 grand a game rather than the, the rather than the $200 a game they get paid, paid at the moment. Um, therefore, they can afford to write into their contract with their clubs that I get time off. And if I leave, you don't pay me. But hey, I'm making up the money at the other end. Um, so there's the, the, there are a number of ways of doing it that doesn't necessarily put money into club owners' pockets. So I'm not I'm not I'm not for that. Um, but so, yeah, there, there, there are a number of ways of doing it. But at the, currently, World Rugby funds are not used, except for in, 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 are not allowed to be used, except for in some very extreme circumstances um, on player wages. So whenever the money, whatever money, when they say five million dollars has gone been spent on Pacific Island rugby in the last um, World Cup cycle, that has to be all spent on uh, coaching uh, facilities and pieces, not on player wages. Or all player wages have to come from whatever money the union can generate itself. The exception to that rule has been the Fiji Drua. I'm not aware of any others where the World Rugby funds are used for player wages. So, yeah. Yeah, Paul, look, the reality is the way Pacific Island uh, players have been used, and I, and, and I use this term, used and abused by most of the tier one nations. I, what I have to say is with World Rugby, the kitty they have compensating, it's only a small price to pay. And sometimes, sometimes, in the prophetic words of the fictitious character Tuko uh, Emil Ninko in Breaking Bad, he says, sometimes you have to rob to keep your riches. So let's just rob a little bit of that money from World Rugby. Just kind of, you know, it's, it's, it's robbing <laughs> from Peter to pay Paul. So we can get these players to their respective unions and their coaches Give them some decent time, three to four weeks to work with them so they have some, you can build up some run on form um, and, and prepare. Uh, you know, it, it, it's ridiculous. You know, Tongan coach who's, who's on the recovery mode, Totai Kefu, you know, uh, two days out from the game, he's ringing, he's ringing coaches at, at clubs and saying, uh, Have you guys got any Tongans running around? Yeah, you know, I, I was stunned. I was absolutely stunned. And, um, Head, I didn't know whether to laugh or to cry. Prop, turning out for them. Yeah, no, exactly. Oh. Uh, now, folks, talking about paying Paul, if you would like to support the channel, um, head over to um, patreon.com forward slash NZ Sport Radio um, and uh, become a supporter of New Zealand Sport Radio. Uh, we're going to be here at 5 p.m. every single day during lockdown. So um, we've got plenty of time, I think, to, to go through topics because I've got a funny feeling lockdown is going to extend beyond Tuesday. Um, but uh, hey, that's just my opinion, folks. Um, don't take that. I, I don't have any friends in cabinet or, uh, or, or or anything like that, like you see on various rumor mills. But there you go. Or, or informed opinions um, that you see. What, we're, what I am going to do also, look over my left shoulder, my two cans there. I'll keep piling up my cans there as we keep going through lockdown. So you'll see all the cans up there from um, the, uh, for the, 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 the drunk during um, the uh, lockdown beers. Uh, and I uh, say do join us next Friday. Also, I'm going to put this one out as a podcast as well. I don't normally do that, but um, but I will do uh, the, these kind of chats. But I will. I, but I think we've talked about some some great topics this this afternoon, 
Um, and so I'll put that out as a podcast as well. So you can check that out at all your favorite podcatchers if you want to. Boa, it's been a pleasure as always. Thank you for coming on with me. And uh, yes, folks, don't forget, uh, I actually put the link in the tweet. So if you wanted to come on screen and chat with us, you can do. Um, that is um, obviously if you get sweary and stuff, I'll kick you off. Uh, I do have that. Uh, I have editorial control, um, just like I can mute Bo and I feel like it. Um, so um, the so yeah. So if you fan, but uh, if you fancy joining us for a chat, um, then one one day at five pm, then please do so. Uh, and uh, Bo, thank you very much. Yeah. One uh, one last thing about the vaccines. I think there'll be a lot of pop up uh, walking situations as well. So anyone who needs to get the vaccine, you know, I don't think you necessarily have to make a booking. Just look, just Google, see where these sites are, and just just try luck. Just walk in, keep it two meters, wear a mask, gloves, hazmat suit, whatever, um, and get jabbed, nice and easy. If you got hazmat suits on, they can't jab you. So do, do you don't, you can't wear a hazmat suit, but you do have to. But yet, yeah, but yes, um, definitely wear a mask, folks, um, when you're out and about, um, and uh, also um, you know, being a uh, an essential worker, I'll be out working on uh, on Monday with my gloves and also uh, mask on. So look, folks, um, please um, do stay safe during this lockdown. Do obey the rules. Do follow the guidelines. Let's uh, let's 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 snuff this out quickly. Come out the other side um, and uh, it'll be it'll all be good. And also, please do get vaccinated as soon as you are able to do so, um, because, look, folks, uh, it is the right thing to do. Uh, and don't believe the uh, anti-vax stuff that you see online, um, please. Because that it's um, it's all bullshit. Um, so it's thank you, everybody. All right, thank yep. you, Paul. Stay safe, buddy. Thank you for service and, as an essential worker. And uh, catch you all tomorrow as part of our five pm uh, lockdown beers. Here's a cool fact: a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact: you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.